picks up a first down. And I'm going to go back to, you know, we talked to our friends, uh, Charles Bishop and Neely. They follow Jackson State football and having dinner with them. I mean, they said this team feels like nobody can score three times on them. Three times. He didn't say if it was three field goals, three touchdowns. Prairie View has scored twice. Touchdown, field goal. That's how good this defense is. And, whoa. They are as good as advertised. Fourth best in all of FCS. It got to get to the point where whoever we're doing the broadcast that week of the game, they're going to sit down with y'all because y'all know us better than everybody. Sure. And y'all know some of the inside stuff we do. that I may not tell them because I don't trust them. But sure. Trust us. Okay. Trust y'all. We appreciate that we trust. We appreciate that, Coach. Much love, baby. Hey, it's Warren Sapp, number 99 in your program, number one in your heart. Whenever I look for Jackson State or Coach Prime information, I go to the pregame show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and for all those who's listening and watching it from around the world. And we are now live from the corner of Dalton and Lynn Street. It's the show where we take you inside the game before the game begins. It's indeed the pregame. With your host, Charles Bishop and Neely. So get ready because we pregame harder than the other show's part. It's the pregame. himself <laughs> that went right on oh man that, that is, that's, that's over so many people here back into the left back into the back left. into the left there's a fruit of film baby we was there hey chuck you know we always come on air laughing about something and one day i promise you one day the mics are going to be hot and the show is going to start live and people are going to hear the absolute immature humor that i hit you with before that the green light comes on no, it's gonna it's, happen. It's, 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 it's a it's a win, not a gift. <laughs> well, our Tigers, they are coming off of a victory, a 26 to 12 uh whooping of Alabama State University on their homecoming. Uh Jackson State comes into this week, five and oh overall, three and oh in swag play. Neely, another week, another W for the Tigers. Yeah, another week, another W, and it's one of those games. Kind of like that that Grambling game where people's mind, your your mental eye, will make you think it was much closer than it was. Um, you know, it, it was another game that we finally got to having a third quarter, not the third quarter, but third is a numerical, a, an additional quarter where we were actually down once, I think, by six in, in this game. Uh, but when you but when you look at those stats, Chuck, and you see that stat line and the offensive production and the defensive production by the number one defense in the SWAC. And in the top ten in our division, it, it wasn't close, man. Like yeah. it, that, that that fourteen point victory uh, was much more wider than that statistically. 
Uh, great point. Great point. We take a look at the statistics. Uh, offense, they gained 425 yards, uh, total yards, 331 through the air, 91 on the ground, 27 first downs. Shador Sanders, uh, the Heisman Trophy and Walter Payton uh, Award candidate, he goes 30 of 46 for 332 yards and three touchdowns. Neil. Yeah, one of the things I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start with what you ended with uh, that 30 for 46. One of the things that Coach Prime told Shador, uh, and not just in a father-son way, although it was at their their weekly brunch that they have uh, after the games, you don't miss 16 guys, man. Like mm-hmm. you 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 are a better quarterback than that. You are more accurate than that. Uh, but when you look at the yardage, uh, the touchdowns, uh, the interception to touchdown ratio, uh, even getting some some uh, phenomenal runs uh, using his legs in some situations, I think the offensive line. I think we gave up uh, two sacks, uh, mm-hmm. if I re- if I remember that correctly. But uh, probably more glaring than the sacks was the pressures. Uh, you know, Shadur had to move quite a bit, and, and that caused some disruption in the pass game and also had some routes, uh, as they call them, busts that were not run in the proper manner. Uh, but when you still look at the win by 14 points and the statistical analysis uh, mm-hmm. of the yardage, the passes, completions, man, what a phenomenal game. Because I mean, you, you don't sit there watching that game and thinking he has 330 yards. Yeah, I, that's a great point. And, and uh, one of the st- statistical anomalies that jumped out at me, uh, completes passes to 10 different receivers. But uh, the old Hank Schramm uh, adage, uh, matriculate the ball downfield, boys. Uh, four 70-plus yard drives during the course of that game. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it just just game management, controlling that clock, eating that clock, uh, forcing Alabama State into a position when they would get the ball that they were predictable. They could no longer afford to run the ball if they were going to get back in the game, even late in the game. Uh, when they were accusing us of, of still trying to score. Hell, they were trying to stop us. They were still blitzing, uh, but they mm. were also calling timeouts with 40 seconds left and trying to score. So uh, it, it was it really was the score. We've had bigger margins in our victories, but when yeah. you look at the yardage we held them to, the yardage we performed at statistically, man, they were they were never in that game outside of the first quarter. Get this, Chucky. I know you remember this drive that we were standing there chatting about it on the sideline. Mm-hmm. They get the, they get the ball on their thirty three yard line and got zero points out of it. Great point, great point. They, uh, you know the, the defense stiffened up, especially when the defense needed to stiffen up. But I, I wanted to go back to some rewind press play. Uh, you mentioned it. Uh, there were some things going on toward the end part of the game uh, that a lot of people, you know, right or wrong, they, they missed. But uh, you uh, acutely pointed that, just pointed that out. Say that again. Uh, you know. Part of, and I know we're going to talk about it because this is our, our first show after the uh, the end of the game, 50-yard line incident. Uh, you know, part of the angst, if you will, from Alabama State, from their, their coach or even some of their fans, was that Jackson State, with the game wrapped up, were still trying to score. Mm-hmm. What, what they're leaving out of that chronologically is that they were blitzing us. So yeah. you've, got, you've got your backup quarterback in, and he's got eight coming at him. Yeah, he's got to throw the ball. Yeah, <laughs> he's got to get the ball yeah. out of his hand. Are we yeah. supposed to just sit there and let him get sacked, let him get hurt? You know, yeah. uh, you're you're clearly trying to get the ball back. I don't know. Maybe you got something on the spread in Vegas and you want to narrow the gap. The game was just as much over for you uh, losing it as it was for us winning it. But you're doing defensively things to force us into trying to score. But then you're mad that we're trying to score. I, I just I didn't get that show. Yeah, and it's some, you know, unwritten rules of the game uh, protocol that, you know, people uh, take a look at and have issue with. But 
uh, again, you know, there's kind of a counter argument to some of those unwritten rules of the game. And this would be a different scenario, uh, perhaps, if Shadur Sanders were still in with 40 seconds left. Uh, mm-hmm. But this but this was a backup quarterback, and you're clearly trying to get the ball out of his hands, whether you're hoping for a, a strip sack fumble. I don't know what you're going for, a pick six or something, but you you were sending everybody you could at him. Uh, and, and, of course, we're trying to get the ball out of his hands. If somebody catches the score, so be it. Uh, you know, we, we're playing football until it's 0-0. Zero, zero. Uh, so why that caused you angst when you were the initiator of it? You know, the game wasn't over for you either. Uh, mm. You know, because because you use all those timeouts, you know, late in the fourth quarter, down two scores. Sure, sure. Uh, I wanted to mention 19 uh, carries for Sivion Wilkinson, 72 yards. He is Mr. Steady. Uh, and I, I, I talk about our running backs uh, from a standpoint. They're androgynous. They can run in between the tackles. They can run outside the tackle. They catch the balls. Out, they catch balls out of the backfield. You know, they, they are jack of all trades. <laughs> Prince's symbol came to mind when you said that. I'm like, I'm like, this dude, this dude has Paisley parked our running backs. You know, they androgynous. I, I love it, Chuck. Yeah, I, I love it. You know, I, I, I think though, uh, if there was a a, a C minus or a C plus in the game, uh, the run game disappeared. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you you want to get 125, 150. Uh, you want to be hitting that in yardage, uh, and, and I I think we missed that. Uh, there were a lot of reasons pregame. I know we're going to get to that discussion as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that led to uh, you know a lethargic start, if you will. But if there was any glaring uh, drop off when you look at those bottom line totals post game analysis, uh, you know you want that run game to be a hundred yards plus a game. Yeah, and Coach Prime had his presser this past week, and that was one of the things that uh, he touched on, uh, especially the postgame presser, I remember. Uh, he wanted that offensive line to be a little bit more physical, a little bit disappointed in, in that regards. But, you know, uh, he always sets up the week for us uh, in terms of what he saw and what he's looking forward to this upcoming week. But uh, Coach Prime's presser, always uh, very interesting to listen to. Let's roll that. Before you, be before you today, on our way down to, where are we going? Jackson, Jacksonville, Jacksonville, Florida. Take on Bethune. I can't wait. I'm excited. The guys uh, had a good, good day of practice today. We're going to try to pick right up where we left off. So what have you seen from them on film? Obviously, they've struggled in some of their early games with their yeah. record. Uh, just because the team struggles, that mean, that does not necessitate that we take them lightly. We're everyone Super Bowl. We know that. And uh, they're capable of, of winning. Everybody um, in the HBCU football and swag are capable of beating their opponent on that particular weekend. So we're not going to take them lightly or underestimate them. I saw your video on Instagram with the Who is Swag, you know, the dancing earlier yeah. today. What's your, what, what's been your, like, your team's, uh, you know, thoughts on that whole Well, thing? I think my team, uh, they move when I move. So when I uh, – Turn it into something humorous or uh, something that, that turned into like a little song. Uh, they they love that. They love that I could uh, let things like that roll off my back and have a good time with it. Is it extra motivation at all when people do that? Stuff? Uh, we don't need no motivation, man. <laughs> I don't need motivation. What about the team? Does it motivate the team? Oh, that's a good question. I don't think ignorance. Uh, motivates the team. I think their opponent motivates them quite a bit because they know they're gunning at them and uh, we want to be dominant in all phases. 
in everyday practice as well as in the game. When you shared your comments about being swag, looking at it now, obviously you wouldn't have you wouldn't have known that that situation was going to happen after the game. But when you think about what is swag now after everything that's happening, what do you think about that? Now? I say, well, what is it? What is that? What is, is that a definition or a, a implying that something I'm, I'm not as the other per- person or party? I don't know where to go with that question because that question has too many, a lot of implications. Like when I say that, I mean from the idea of like when you said who is swag, you're swag, you basically say that you're swag. When you say that, what exactly do you mean by that? We're undefeated and we're pretty dominant. We're undefeated and we're dominant. With you guys ranked eighth now in the country, and you, you talked about how you did, wouldn't want to go to the playoffs if it wasn't going to be financially good for Jackson State. Right. If it changes to where you guys could have some home games and it would be financially more to go do the playoff, would you rather go do that? Uh, I'd rather, if we have the opportunity, I'd rather play in a celebration ball. I'd rather do that. First half, Shadur saw some some pressure early on in the mm-hmm. first half. Was it what was was there any issues in the office? Line we weren't doing our job offensively. We weren't protecting him up front. Um, Miscues, bad technique mostly. Just got a butt kicked on a few plays. I think they have a couple sacks, but they harassed him all day. How we should do it health wise? Uh, he's a little banged up. He's gonna. I think he's sitting out a couple of days just to. Give him a few more days to recuperate and recover. He's seen his doctors, got MRIs. He's good. Coach, do you have an update on Travis Hunter? Has he returned to practice? Yeah, Travis practiced uh, today. Uh, looked good, looked like Travis. Uh, we're going to take our time to make sure his wind is okay and he's not showing any signs of limping or uneasiness. Is this his first practice that he's returned to, and is there a timeline for kind of I'm not gonna say it's a timeline. When when we know that he could beat all of Travis Hunter, we're gonna let him go. How do you potentially keep your team focused on not overlooking this opponent as opposed to you know thinking about you think about uh I don't think we we would never dare to overlook an opponent. I mean we we play who's next on the schedule. We're excited about all those uh Rivals or games or whatever it may be, we never overlook uh, even opponents we face at practice. We don't overlook that. Well, you know, nearly interesting week to say the least. Uh, <laughs> some things went viral, and, and let me start with this caveat. I, I know Coach Robinson; he's a great guy, uh, great coach. To his credit. Uh, that Alabama State team was ready to play uh, this uh, week. Uh, they came out uh, really tough, 71 yards there in the first quarter. Uh, but things happen, you know, end of the game. And uh, we get an opportunity to kind of you know, chew the fat, if you will, a little bit about, you know, the postgame handshake and hurt around the world. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, I, you know, uh, in deference uh, to you, Chuck, I don't know him. My first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, being around him other than Swag Media Day would have been uh, the game and literally post-game right there at the 50-yard line. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was uh, unfortunate. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it could have been been handled better. Uh, I think that he had 
uh, some inclination uh, that he did not want to participate in the handshake at all. Sure. Uh, sure. Because as he walked out there, he never made eye contact with Coach Bryant. Uh, even as they had the awkward handshake and the push-off, there was never any eye contact made, never an exchange of words. And when you talk about, uh, you know, the performance that they did, what Coach Brown was trying to tell them, it's like, man, you guys played a, a heck of a game. Uh, great game plan. You know, y'all really, y'all really made us earn it. Great, great job by you and your staff and your kids. But that never got to happen, uh, which was which was unfortunate. But I think what was more unfortunate uh, was the, the press conference uh, after that and even the apology after that. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the post game press conference, uh, and you know, now we've we've seen it. It, it goes viral. You know, uh, in terms of a lot of philosophical questions: Who is Swag? What is Swag? Uh, and uh, Coach Prime, great counter uh, to uh, what is Swag. And of course, we've seen that now. But uh, uh, it, it sparked tremendous debate uh, all across social media platforms in regards to. What exactly is this space? What exactly is this platform? Uh, what exactly is this that we have, you and I have grown up with, uh, this Southwestern Athletic Conference? Yeah, I, I think uh, the unfortunate <laughs> series of events there, you know, from the moment of the, the, the handshake that never was to the first press conference, is probably about 20 to 30 minutes in real time. You know, mm-hmm. so there there is uh, some time there for people to cool off uh, for people to rethink some things, uh, for people to have a different approach. And, and during Coach Robinson's press conference, that didn't happen. Uh, right. So I, be- I believe he meant what he said. I take him for what he said because he had that 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 cool off time. And, and one of the things about not being swag to Coach uh, Chuck, I, I took a, a different manner. Uh, you know, what I heard was, is you're not black. Mm. I, I heard some code switch in there. Uh, mm-hmm. I heard you're, you're not one of us. You know, uh, and so you presented it in the in the connotation of an athletic conference. But what you're really trying to say about Deion Sanders uh, is that you're not like us. You're not from us. You're, you're not as black as us. You're not black. And I and I just think that kind of rhetoric, uh, you know, is, is always dangerous. It's always uh, divisive. Um, mm-hmm. You try to divide and conquer and seek and you get people uh, to, to, to rally behind you behind that point because you can't rally behind, you know, a, a victory. And, and so it gets into that old argument that we have amongst each other, you know, about somebody not being uh, black enough and who gets to decide that. But here's a guy who chose to be in an HBCU space, who grew up in a black home, black family. Uh, yes, he's had some success in life. And and whatever this this connection is uh, to when you say you're not swag, you're not being black enough to struggle, I don't understand. Because even in Coach uh, Robinson's uh, press conference on Monday that all the SWAC coaches do when somebody asked him about what he meant. He talked mm-hmm. about, oh, well, you know, I'm from the SWAC. I, I had to ride the bus, you know, to games before and not just fly. Like, what What the hell does that have to do with anything? Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, here's a guy who's in this space, giving it his all, you know, got Jackson State a new field, has offered assistance to sister institutions, has donated half his salary to finish public buildings. The list goes on and on. Each of his kids. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. And he got to that part that that Mm -hmm. all of his kids, except one, you know, DeAndre is not at Jackson State, but everybody is at Jackson State. How much more black, I ain't going to say swag because I know what you meant. You weren't saying swag. How much more black does a guy got to be than putting his kids somewhere and his money somewhere and his time and heart somewhere? So I thought it was just hella offensive. I think it was childish and immature, you know, for him to double down and triple down in that manner to accuse somebody, you know, he's not one of us kind of thing. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, great points. Great points, Neelia, when you when you bring that out. Uh, and and the question becomes, you know, how much more swag do you have to be? I mean, how much more invested uh, do you have to be in Jackson State or invested in this HBCU space? Well, you know, we always tease each other about getting your swag hours up, and we'll say that to uh, to people who join the conference or, or you know, individuals who may transfer for another school. But the reality, man, that's just tongue-in-cheek joking. Mm-hmm. Eddie Robinson wasn't joking, you know, and, and and he had time to rethink about that comment before he made it between the handshake and the press conference. And he had uh, from Saturday night to Monday morning to rethink about it. He still doubled down again, equating swackness, a.k.a. blackness, to you didn't ride a bus. And, you know, Chuck, you and I talked about it before, you know. Yeah, I had to touch the wires at Dixon Hall to make the elevator come. And now somebody can make an elevator come on campus, you know, just by walking up toward it with their voice. That doesn't make me more black than they are. Mm. You know, we got yeah. to stop. We got to stop equating struggle and I had it harder than you. You know, that's the, that's some kind of slave mentality, man. Damn the rough side of the mountain. You know, let's go up the mm-hmm. smooth side of the mountain that people paved the way for us and be appreciative of it. Uh, so I think again, Chuck, it, it was some code switching going on, and I think mm-hmm. he was trying to talk about a little bit more than football there. But you know, one thing I've seen about Coach Bryant. The more you swing at him, the stronger he gets. So <laughs> I say that, that yeah. he, he is a hell of a counterpuncher. So I say keep swinging. I mean, he is the ultimate counterpuncher. I mean, uh, uh, like I said, I, I was uh, impressed, the counter argument to whatever was presented. And uh, he does a tremendous job at that. He, he really, you know, and, and now it's gone viral, you know, yeah. uh, and yeah. there's a TikTok and everything. And, you know, and you know, obviously, you know, yeah, there are, uh, uh, apparel now that you can put on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you were you were in the press conference room waiting for it to start, and I was in the hall and and kind of walked in with him. And he passed by me, said something to the effect like, "Oh, it's on. It's about to be a show." Like he like he was he was ready, you know, for this moment. And and you and I looked at each other and winked, uh, and, <laughs> and, and you know, because you just you just know when you guys in the zone, you know, he was right, right. He was in the he was in the zone. He was in the zone. He was he was definitely in the zone. <laughs> Man, we continue talking about this uh, review of this Alabama State game. Um, let's get to the defense. Uh, I mentioned earlier uh, you're talking about uh, a team that gave up 71 yards there uh, in the first quarter, but from there forward, only 177 total yards during the course of the game. Jack will say it again, and I say this every week: stop the run, make a team one-dimensional. All hell breaks loose, and sure enough, Jack State only gave up 39 yards on the ground, 138 yards passing, only 13 first downs given up after that first quarter. And still, Chuck, you brought it up, you know, uh, uh, last Saturday uh, about the legendary defense 1977. We're still right there on par yeah, or, or ahead of schedule as it relates to what they gave up. And here's the thing about this defense, Chuck. Again, a, a team gets the ball on the 33-yard line, and they're not able to get any points out of it. And I go back to that Grambling game, and I remember telling Coach Prime, I said, if the guy when Shadour fumbled hadn't run it in for Grambling, they probably don't score right there. Right. The very thing happens in Alabama State, and they don't. And this defense has still not hit its optimum performance yet because Travis Hunter's not playing. Shiloh's not playing. True on defensive line is not playing. Those guys are now back practicing, and you can look toward late October, and November. You got a totally different defense out there. Now you got you have a traffic corner 
uh, uh, you have Shiloh at safety. You can take John Huggins, who's been playing a lot of safety, and move him down to even linebacker. Move him, yeah, move him in the box a and, more. Yeah. And it totally changes what people have seen that got us 5-0. and oh. So, like, yeah. sometimes when you look at this offense, uh, other than a banged-up offensive lineman, we've been pretty fortunate. Uh, yeah. Or a receiver with maybe a, a, a character issue that didn't travel. We've been pretty fortunate on, on offense. You've seen our best team. You ain't seen the best defense yet. And that's amazing. That's amazing to even think about that part uh, because we're talking about a, a defense that ranks uh, in several categories in the top 10 in the nation. They're number one in total defense, only giving up 185 yards a game. Third down conversions, teams are only converting 21% of their third downs. They're second in scoring defense. And now you're starting to talk about Added pieces coming to this defense. Uh, we saw what Shiloh could do first game against FAMU. You're talking about lockdown on that side of the field. Uh, the presence that Shiloh brings uh, in the secondary, like you said, you can uh, do some things uh, in terms of moving uh, uh, Huggins down in the box a little more. Uh, and then, you know, this defense still has not peaked yet. No, they haven't. I have yet to play. Uh, a perfect game. And I know we got some B-roll running now. You can see uh, Travis Hunter, number 12, at practice, and Shiloh Sanders, 21, uh, at practice, and and really going through mechanics out there and moving well. Uh, and, and it won't be long, folks. You know, I'm not sitting here in front of Ted Bethune-Cookman who's getting on that plane, but it won't be long before those guys are, are out there performing. And, Chuck, you were exactly right. This defense, number one, it still has not reached its full potential with personnel. Uh, and a lot of times when we give up a big play, somebody's out of assignment or trying to do too much. Uh, and that's something Dennis Thurman has been on them about. And I'm, I'm looking forward to these closing weeks of October and going through November. And, and when this the real Jackson State dark side defense gets out there, it's going to be special. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you're talking about a defense. They've only uh, surrendered points in eight of 20 quarters. Uh, and the defense has allowed only five touchdowns in five games and has not allowed a team to gain more than 250 yards uh, a game this season. Um, when you start to think about it, it, it truly is scary in terms of what this defense has yet to become. They're, they're still on the uptick. 20 quarters of play, undefeated. We're 5-0, and but 20 quarters of play, and only three quarters have we been behind and have never been behind more than six. Come on, Chuck. It's amazing to think about. It's amazing to think about. But we crazy. sit, but, but Chuck, we sit there as fans and watch these games and we're not up 42 to six. Go, <laughs> Man, what, what the hell is wrong? There's nothing wrong. A team was just on the 30 yard line and got zero points. That's and, what's right. And, and bless our Tiger fan base. I mean, they were there in Moss uh, at Alabama and Montgomery this weekend. Uh, but, you, you know, the collective silence, you know, that was, you know, over there on our side, you know, and we're trying to implore, you know, the fans to get into it, get into it, get into it. Uh, what you say it all the time, R-E-L-A-X, relax. Yeah, uh, got to relax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to relax. Uh, AD, you can bring us back from the B-roll. Uh, five, five and O oh, uh, have only been down three quarters, running at a, at a high, you know, going into a good portion of the schedule. You know, this last little road game for October, going over Jacksonville, then two home games back-to-back, uh, homecoming, uh, and, and then Southern coming to town. And going into that situation, 5-0, Chuck, 
uh, with even when your quarterback has a bad game. Chuck, a bad game is 330 yards. A bad game is 330 yards. That's, that's amazing to even say that. Uh, a bad game is 330 yards. Uh, Coach Brian mentioned it. Uh, Should do a little bit banged up this week um, uh, in terms of trying to get a, a little more healthy, but um, I think we no problem. We will see him this weekend. Uh, oh, yeah, so there's uh, nothing major, man. Just it comes with, uh, you know, five games into a season and, getting sacked a couple of times. So you just rest the body. So he did not, uh, did, of course he didn't practice Sunday because he played in more than 60% of the snaps and the Sunday rule. If you're playing 60% or more, you don't practice. That's for guys to get reps in uh, that didn't get them on Saturday. And he, and he sat today, which is Wednesday. Uh, but you can expect QB one is, is playing against Bethune Cook. Jackson State comes into this game a 5-0. and It is the best start for the program since 1996. Shout out to my guy, Sean Woodson, Chad Ford, those guys in that team. Super uh, crap. Yeah. Oh, there super crap, Sean Woodson. <laughs> uh, it is the sixth time the program has started 5-0 uh, and or better in the last 60 years. So uh, this team is truly a special one to watch, Neil. So you're telling me that last year when we go undefeated in conference, win a SWAC championship, go to the celebration bowl, that last year we weren't 5-0 and because, you know, we played ULM and, and lost the game. Precisely. We, have, we haven't, Chuck, by you, the stat man bishop, we haven't been 5-0 and since 1996 is what you're saying? 19, I'm saying since 1996. We have not been 5-0. Come on, y'all. So when Neely sits up all summer long <laughs> and tells y'all how good this damn team is, oh, Neely, there's no way it's going to be better than last year. We lost James Houston. I say, well, just watch because we got six or seven James Houston. Mm. Are y'all now really – you know, I'm, I know I'm hoping a little paper to say I told you so. <laughs> but I'm trying to tell y'all, and you still ain't seen – the zenith yet? Yeah, we still haven't got to the zenith. Uh, the zenith is coming though. The zenith is coming. Let's take a look at this Bethune Cookman Wildcat team. They come into this game one and four, one and one in the swag. Uh, their lone win uh, this season was uh, a home win over Grandma, thirty-six to nineteen. Uh, but we take a look at Bethune Cookman. Uh, Terry Sims, he's in his seventh season at Bethune Cookman. Uh, he's led the Wildcats. Uh, you know and. Uh, four times over the past uh, few years uh, where they've had a winning record. But you take a look at this program uh, at the quarterback position. Jalen Jones, former quarterback uh, at Jackson State, he's now at the helm uh, at Bethune-Cookman, their quarterback. He's combined for uh, tw- over 1,200 yards in total offense. You take a look at him, 1,000 yards passing. He has over 270 yards on the ground. Uh, but he is a specimen in terms of – uh, a dual threat quarterback, a true dual threat quarterback, uh, somebody who can beat you with his leg, somebody you have to keep in the pocket and make him throw the ball a little bit. <laughs> oh, ain't nothing wrong with the connection. I'm just staring at you. So let me let me deal with the positive first, Chuck. <laughs> Once a tiger, always a tiger. Always a tiger. Once a tiger, always a tiger. Much love for Bethune Cookman's quarterback, Jalen Jones. Uh, who played here, who was on the team uh, during Coach Prime's first season, during that spring season, that COVID season, the one with the Asher bite, if you will. Uh, but when you look at his stats and you see that he's five in this or six in that, the margin between five and number 10 and the gap between five and number one, where Shadur is, it's astronomical, man. Uh, yes. like, it, like one or two missed passes and he goes from five, fifth to 10th, but there's no way he can go from fifth to first. Uh, And so when when you look at what Bethune has been doing, they are a much better team than their record shows. You know, much like Grambling and much like Valley, 
you know, Valley plays tough. They're in games. They just haven't yeah. gotten over their hump. Look at what yeah. Grandma came in here and did. They played tough. They just hadn't gotten their hump. So no one's looking past Bethune Cookman or taking them for granted. What so damn ever? Like those are college athletes with weight rooms and what have you. So mm -hmm. they're prepared to play. But at the same time, when you do a deep dive uh, into their running stats, into their interceptions, into their touchdown to interception ratio and their yardage, and you know, look at this way, Chuck. Would you rather have seventy five dollars or fifty four dollars? Uh, seventy five dollars, all day. Shadur is passing at seventy five percent completions. Jalen Jones at fifty four. So, like, what's what sounds like? Oh man, well he's fifth. Well, you know, fifth ain't yeah. all that great when you look at the numbers. It's it's fifth out of twelve, but the but five to twelve is uh, for the most part around fifty percent or lower, and ours is seventy five percent or greater. So, uh, I'm I'm looking for our defense to really be able to eat this weekend. You know, mm -hmm. to 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 really be able to compete, you know, uh, Bethune Cookman, uh, not only uh, uh, scoreboard wise uh, and record wise or behind the eight ball. Uh, they've had some 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 challenges, you know, post hurricane. The, the, the yeah, hurricane, hurricane Ian. Yeah, yeah. Ian damaged the campus. So they really haven't been at home and in their own cafeteria and weight room. They've been in hotels and traveling around. So they've been in a tough spot there. So there's a lot of advantages that go toward the Tigers this weekend. And you just think, Chuck. Look what two traffic accidents that we weren't involved in did to us in the first half at Alabama State. Exactly. I mean, so, uh, you, it was noticeable. It was palatable in terms of getting there and having to go through that rush sort of pregame. Uh, and, and the team, and it's been uh, a bugaboo, if you will, starting slow, but it was a very noticeable this past weekend. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, because as Coach Brian pointed out, players have their routines, their rituals, uh, like to get in certain mindsets and we're accustomed to getting to the game, you know, a little over two hours before kickoff. We might have got to the on campus about an hour before kickoff, truly to get on the field to about 45 minutes before kickoff. Uh, and so everything from getting your ankles taped, uh, you know, to, to getting proper stretches and to getting warmed up, uh, the, the pregame talk and the last minute, you know, uh, evaluations and that kind of thing, all that was thrown into turmoil uh, because what would have been a, a – a 90-minute drive from Birmingham became damn near a three-hour drive from Birmingham. You know, unrelated to us, the interstates were shut down due to some traffic accidents, and heart goes out to those people involved in those. I think some uh, fatalities were one of them. Yeah. Uh, but it's the kind of thing that has a ripple effect into the game. And where I'm going with all that is that's what Bethune-Cookman has been dealing with the week of the storm and beyond. They haven't yeah. gotten back to normalcy yet, and it's, it's going to have impact on them. Yeah, it's going to have impact on them and, and uh, continued uh, uh, prayers with regards to uh, Bethune Cookman in terms of finding some normalcy. Like you said, they've been uh, living out of a suitcase, if you will, since Hurricane Ian. Uh, prayers goes to the state of Florida and all those affected by uh, Hurricane Ian. Uh, we take a look at some other stats with regards to Bethune Cookman. Uh, running back, Keyshawn Bird. Uh, he uh, leads the team in rushing. He has 327 yards on the season. Dylan Lee leads the team in receiving 16 catches for 202 yards. On the defensive side of the ball, they are led by Emory Jones, 27 tackles, a sack, two tackles for loss, and a fumble recovery for the Bethune-Cookman Wildcats. Uh, it should be a good one this weekend, but I think one of the things that really impresses me so much about this team, number one, they lock in. There is a laser-like focus uh, leading up to the game and game day. And the way this coaching staff makes in-game adjustments is like none other. Uh, they diagnose, diagnose things, uh, and they go from there and make the necessary adjustments so this team can be successful. Chuck, so, 
always, when it's a boxing match, always bet on that guy from the third world country. Always bet on that guy from the hood because they don't want to go back. And the only way they don't go back is they don't win. So you got a wounded animal, a cornered animal, expect anything. And Bethune is clearly the underdog in this matchup. And as you see in all these games, these first quarters are tight. These second quarters uh, loosen up some but can still be tight until we really start to separate second quarter and third. I'm expecting them to come out and play. I'm not expecting them to say, like, oh, woe is me. I haven't slept in my own bed in a couple weeks. They're coming out. And, and Chuck, they're they're playing with house money because they got nothing to lose because nobody's Yeah. So, man, I, I'm expecting an onside kick. I'm expecting a flea flicker, Statue of Liberty play. Who knows? What do you have fumble, to do? A fumble rooski? Why not? A fumble rooski? <laughs> why not? Like, why not go for it all? So, uh, th- these guys, you know, hats off to them uh, and their due diligence and their determination, man, much like that Valley State team and their coach. You know, these, these, these don't let their records fool you. These guys mm-hmm. come to play. And on any given Saturday in the swag, you can get upset. Yeah, on any given Saturday, it can happen. We've seen it already happen uh, once the season. Nobody saw uh, Texas Southern shutting out Southern slight shade. But, you know, uh, <laughs> but uh, on any given Saturday, it can happen. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know, man, it's, what about that fight down there? <laughs> you couldn't no, I'm just saying. No, I wasn't there. I, Chuck, I wasn't, I, Chuck, I wasn't there. I was in my car. I'm just saying <laughs> I think it's gonna be some suspensions. I'm not sure. But well, you but, know, my uh, my 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 good friend, my homeboy, my frat brother, Commissioner Charles McClellan. I remember down there in Southern we had a little uh yeah, it wasn't even a pier six slobber knocker like they had down there. And we and we had a couple suspensions, so I, I can only imagine it's you know something coming. Yeah, something's coming. It is a Saturday kickoff. Jackson State versus Bethune Cookman. Jackson State comes in 5 0, 3 0 in swag play versus Bethune Cookman. 1 in 4, 1 in 1 in swag play. Uh, this game, of course, will be streamed on ESPN. Plus, there will be a replay of the game on ESPNU at 6 30. Neither before we get out, get out of here, man, any last uh, keys to the game? Uh, keys to this game is play Tiger football. Once again, always stop the run because teams try to run and eat that clock up and keep QB1 off the field. Uh, so that's always going to be, you know, rule number one of this defense was also bend on break. Don't give up any points. And again, I'll say it for the fifth time, you got a team on the 33-yard line and they get zero points out of it. That's a strong damn defense. Uh, so this, uh, and I, and, you know, and I talked to Coach Prime going into halftime in Montgomery. <laughs> and I said to him, I said, well, defense travel, and offense didn't make the trip, and he kind of chuckled at it because the, the offense can get off to some slow starts, and and each time there's a different like reason that's a different reason the next time around. I'm looking for this offense to get going fast. See, can we get anywhere from 14 to 21 points on the board in the first quarter, yeah. uh, and, and and then work out some other nuances as the game goes on. Uh, but here's what here's what would be nice this game, Chuck. Uh, no fumbles. Mm. A defensive score and a special team score. You know, we we haven't had a house call yet. Five games. Haven't had a house call. And we haven't had house call yet. So uh, whether it is uh, Willie Gaines uh, or or Zay Bolden or or even uh, Kevin Coleman back there, just looking for somebody this week to take one to the house. 
Yeah, a big thing for me is you can't uh, shoot yourselves in the foot, give a team extra possessions. Uh, but uh, thus far, this team has been dominant. It's been a fun team to watch. Of course, the pregame will be coming to you uh, this Saturday. Uh, where we will go live again and we'll set up the game a little bit more. Uh, and you see the sponsors along the screen, Chambers and Gala. We always want to thank them for their uh, tireless support of the pregame show. The Project Architect, Amber Slaughter, Churchill Smoke Shop, and of course, the cool, refreshing uh, uh, drink of BioSteel that refreshes us uh, when we're uh, in the vet there. <laughs> Which goes great with Tito's Vodka. If you, I saw the client. I, that's what they told me. No, it's on, it's on the notes right here. It says mention that. Yeah, it says mention that on the notes. There you go. <laughs> well, well Chuck, you know, well, what what about, uh, you know, we, we can't get out of here, Chuck, without talking about that City of Jackson resolution, man. What, that was a big point. Uh, that was a big one. one. Um, City of Jackson uh, has come <laughs> Why are you <laughs> laughing? <laughs> you already talking about rich disposal, man. You look, you tell, yeah, I know you. I know you talk about garbage contracts. I can't that's believe you could saw that coming. That's why you could be holding it in, man. I know your burner account. I know that was you. <laughs> City of Jackson's come up with a resolution to build the Tigers a new stadium. We'll see what happens in that regards. Neil, you got a take on that? Hey, man. You know, let me set it up this way for people think I'm talking out the side of my neck like the Sonic Boom plays. You know, Chuck, I was on the city council. I served on the city council, uh, was vice president and legislative chair, so did the lobbying effort, went on from there and worked in the governor's office and, you know, did lobbying there as well. And there's always, like, intricacies to these things. The resolutions uh, are nice, uh, but they also don't have a lot of teeth to them. Because, Chuck, because every year the governor of Mississippi makes April Confederate Heritage Month, and I don't see Chuck, you know, resolving to celebrate Southern Heritage Month. I, I never I will. <laughs> you know, there's there's speculation and rumor and in innuendo about when is Coach Prime leaving, and you hear all these Power Fives as they have coaches on the hot seat and have already fired coaches even midseason. You know that they're coming after Coach Prime, coming after Coach Prime. And I talked about with Tyler Carr on HBC Game Day. I don't pay a lot of attention, you know, to who's sliding in her DMs. You know, you've got a hot chick. I pay attention to what I'm doing to keep my hot chick with me. Uh, sure. And so sometimes, you know, you, you block out the outside noise. And so as you look at, uh, you know, the city of Jackson and, and getting on board and saying, hey, a new, a new stadium is needed to keep him here. Uh, it's just a couple of final points that one, I, I, don't, I don't think we need a new stadium. It's not high on Coach Prime's list. But there are things that are high on this list that the city of Jackson and, and leaders around this community can do. Uh, you know, let's talk about housing and the lack thereof of quality housing for, for student athletes or just students in general. Yeah. Uh, let's talk, let's talk Chuck about code enforcement. Uh, you know, the way you approach the campus, whether you come in I 20 downtown highway, wherever let's clean up, you know, that's something the city can do. Let's, let's make all corridors leading to Jackson state uh, be attractive and pristine. That's how you can help the coach prime state. Mm -hmm. another, another thing you can do Chuck is, uh, Via their own admission, Convention and Visitors Board and, and State Tax Commission, you name it, City of Jackson got about $30 million above what it normally gets since the presence of Coach Prime. Sure. Chuck, when you, when you go out to a restaurant and get bad service, you tip 10%. Yeah, do. You know, one of the things that Coach Prime has always mentioned, it weighs on his mind, and it's not about him because he didn't come to Jackson State for financial security. He tell you he's good. But he does worry about his staff. 
and and the salaries that they have and what you see around these power five environments, even right here in Mississippi, old Mississippi State. These coaches have a state salary, but they also have a salary that's augmented by a foundation of by giving. I would say to the city of Jackson as leaders and business community around here that has benefited from all this and tax incentives and, and taxes incentivized by the presence of Coach Prime and the revenue that's generated here. What I would say to them, man, get together. You know, mm. start, start some kind of uh, uh, a fund, you know, where you can put some stuff on the table and say, hey, we want you, Coach Prime, and your coaches to stay here, and we are prepared to augment your state salaries by this amount for this number of years. A resolution to build a stadium that we don't need that he's not that he admits that he doesn't even think that we need. It's not hey. the way to do this. Like, let's really lead on this issue. Hey, preach, let's, preacher. Let's go. Let's, preach. Let's, yeah. let's really lead on this issue, man. Let's let's get to the real hearts of the matter. Because if this guy, this guy being Coach Prime, can recruit the number one player in the nation, you know, to Jackson State, Miss to Jackson State in Jackson, Mississippi. You know, uh, with, with water crisis every month and, and with entryways to, to to school needing cleaned up and a lack of housing, what can he do if we really get behind him with the things we can control? And then if you really want to put your leadership behind some of your bullet pulpit, hey, man, let's organize this business community with these hotels, these restaurants. This there you go. Has you greatly go. benefit from this man's presence. But these yeah. folks don't do anything to really yeah. help Jackson State or him stay here. So, yeah. Chuck. If you ask me, as a former mm-hmm. city council member, what they should be doing, there mm-hmm. it is. There it is. Lay, you know what? It's time that Jackson State, the city of Jackson, shows that they actually value everything that Coach Prime has brought to this program in the city of Jackson. Mm-hmm. No better place to put a pin in it than right there. It's Jackson State and Bethune-Cookman this weekend. Uh, looking forward to it again. The pregame show we will be bringing it to you uh, live this Saturday. Well, we will take a in-depth look at JSU versus Bethune Cookman. Tell you what, Neil, it's always fun, and we even got into a little bit of politics there at the end, huh? Yeah, and it's always fun to try to hear you shine up the opposing quarterback. I just can't let you do it tonight. Once a tiger, always a tiger, though. But come on, man. Let me get out of here, man. It's the pregame show. It's business. It's Billy here on the Black College Sports Network. We'll see you Saturday. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and for all those who's listening and watching it from around the world. And we are now live from the corner of Dalton and Lynn Street. It's the show where we take you inside the game before the game begins. It's indeed the pregame with your host, Charles Bishop and Neely. So get ready because we pregame harder than the other show's part. It's the pregame.